I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you something. You know, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and what a year, Colin. What a year. And my name is Colin Drucker, but you can call me Baby New Year. (laughs) Do you know who Baby New Year is? (laughs) No, what is that? It's not Baby New Earth. Don't be confused. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no. dare to dream, right? But uh, uh, yes. I don't know. I I think I first heard this expression maybe on Drag Race on season six. It was the black and white runway, and Darian oh. says it about Jocelyn Fox in that bathing suit with the little with the little hat on and the makeup. Yeah. So you look like Baby New Year, and. <laughs> Oh my God! What a deep cut that is. Yeah, and I. But think... I, I'm assuming you, it's a reference you've heard at other other places. Yeah, I mean, I'm like Google. Help me out. Baby New Year is a personification of the start of the new year, commonly seen in editorial cartoons. He symbolizes the birth of the next year and the passing of the prior year. In other words, a rebirth. So, Baby New Year is a thing. In, I love this. All right. In 2015, CNN had an article how Baby New Year became a thing. Uh, <laughs> I just want to see CNN do how B.B. Newworth became a thing. Then I'll read. Yes. B.B. Newworth as Baby New Year. (laughs) It's like a vocal (laughs) warm-up. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Uh, Well, anyway. Baby New Year, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. On that note, um, it's 2021, and all our problems are solved, and... um, I yeah, am... we're going, everything's back to normal. Yeah. My uh, mental health is right where it needs to be again. It's not better. I mean, geez. Yeah. yeah. Say nothing of my physical health. Yeah. And I, I know this episode is, it's, I mean, technically it's like, maybe we should have did this last week, but I think it's kind of fun to, now that we're out of the woods, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, you know, kind of look, uh, the idea of the episode is to kind of count down our top 10 BSAs of 2020, whether that's a performance, uh, you know, a person, a thing, something like more personal to us. And, uh, and maybe we can even open up the question. I don't even know. I don't want to say like, what's your new year's resolution, but like, what are you looking forward to in the realm of BSAs for 2021? Like, what does that look Mm. like for you? It's a general question, of course, but, uh, Ooh, that's a fun we'll question. Open that up at the end. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, when we talk about BSAs, we talk, of course, about, you know, ladies in supporting roles stealing the show. But it's also these things, these things that carry us through our lives. And so yeah. uh, I'm thinking of both. I'm thinking of the BSAs that I want to see and the BSAs that I want to experience so to speak yeah some of mine are actually like action items and Mm -hmm. that don't really qualify as like a a tangible thing but it does it was like 
you know, it was enough to make the list. The list. The list. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that at last, I think yesterday, maybe the day before, I just kept saying to myself over and over, the prom. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't stop. <laughs> oh, that's really good. I mean... As you should. I, I listened to Amanda's Teen Mom episode yesterday. I think her newest one. And yeah. She hated the movie, but she loved the Broadway bootleg, which I, I, I agree is like that show should be and only be on Broadway. But I'm glad that the movie exists. And I do like the music a lot. So, um, the prom. <laughs> <laughs> the prom. Well, I listened to that podcast um Meryl and the Movies, uh, where they talk oh, about yeah. Meryl Street movies, and they had an episode about the prom and let them all talk. And uh, the Meryl, because you know the one co-host is named Meryl, she was saying she had seen the Broadway show, and she said the thing about the movie versus the Broadway version is that you know the movie it's you know it's Meryl Streep, it's Nicole Kidman, you know whatever, but like in the Broadway version, you know the the woman who played the Meryl role was kind of like that type of actress where like. You know, she she fit that role, and like the woman who played uh, Nicole Kidman's role was an actual like career chorus girl, and so there was yes. it made more sense with the casting uh, in terms of like oh that's how audiences knew that person, and they were playing a version of that, I guess. That's cool. I do love that. Yeah, that give it some zazz. That number. Um, I strangely enough, that Nicole Kidman number has been in my head, and it's growing on me, Colin. And I don't really love that. Oh <laughs> man. I don't think it's the best. I don't even think that character needs to exist. We talked about that before, but I, I uh, maybe it makes more sense in the Broadway show. I, I get filling out like you know the core for Broadway people because that is a type on Broadway for sure. Like the you know the sort of aging chorus gal in the Chicago ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not here to talk about the prom, unfortunately, Colin. We're no. here to uh, to move on to move on from the prom. <laughs> Sorry, I have to stop. <laughs> no, it's good. I love it. Uh, to the VSAs of 2020. So I have 10 things. You have 10 things. Do you have any honorable mentions that couldn't fit within your ten, your top 10? I just wanted to ask that first because I don't, but oh, I want to yeah. leave that open. I, You know, these are just some, you know, worth mentioning. I have uh, given them lots of love in the past or they've been sort of perennial VSAs in my life. I think... Uh, I did an In the Details episode on this, uh, and and it'll probably get some press in an upcoming episode of The Nuances, uh, which is my favorite episode of In the Details every year. But uh, I feel like in terms of 2020 and like movies that personify 2020 to me, it has to be Lady in a Cage with Olivia de Havilland. I just, I look back on that and I think, oh, that movie... If someone said, what was 2020 like, I would, I would, you know, years from now when someone says, so what was it like? What was 2020 like? I would say, well, there's this old movie called Lady in a Cage with Olivia de Havilland. And uh, that's pretty much what 2020 was like. So. Is that, help me, I'm trapped in a small private yes, elevator? Yes. Yes. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> that is, yes. That is Olivia de Havilland trapped in a home elevator while uh, these sinister crooks invade her home and chaos ensues. Yes. Um, So anyway, yeah. So I just needed to mention that. My other kind of, you know, always BSAs that have gotten me through this year and years past, of course, the Golden Girls have been like 
every night I'm like, okay, what episode am I going to fall asleep Pivotal. to? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in terms of podcasts, uh, I, I've hopefully talked about this one before on this one. Um, but Gaylords of Darkness is uh, yeah. for anyone who likes horror movies and uh, just bonkers queer people talking about horror movies. Gaylords of Darkness is um, it's just like so much fun and uh, has brought so much joy this year. So all three are honorable mentions for me. Yay. I always see Gaylords or Darkness. They pop up like actually and like suggestions for our podcast. I'll mm-hmm. see their logo. Yeah. Which is great. I know that that podcast isn't necessarily for me because I, I just don't know the genre, but I support them uh, uh, 100%. And yeah. I'm glad that you love them. Yeah. And I know you had you had one of their hosts on your podcast, right? So we had um, Anthony was at our live show on All Right Mary in Portland uh, a couple oh, years fun. ago. And then Stacy was on in the details with me two years ago. Love that. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, that was the, uh, that was like the redo of, um, uh, of Rosemary's Baby, right? Yes, we did Rosemary's Baby. I call it the redo because oh, we did it. <laughs> it was like the episode that you won. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, awful. Colin, I hate Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Let's try this again. So when I yes, say Ruth like, Gordon, what do it. you think? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I'll ask this one more time. Yeah. Let's try this <laughs> no, <it's> again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I'll rewatch it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so that yeah. So those are my my honorable mentions. Um, excellent, excellent. So let's okay, well let's get into gonna, it. Yeah, I'm gonna kick it off here. I'm gonna go. This is a, a an action item, but um, I'm gonna say that number ten, the BSA um, that fills that spot for 2020, is just in ways. I guess it's kind of me. But um, it's quitting my job and starting this new job. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I had been teaching voice for like three years. And I, it's like that weird thing of like trying to make a career in the arts. But with that career, it's like you don't get any of the perks of like a corporate job. And it's really tough because like I got paid well. But it's just like there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, outliers that just kind of or variables, I guess, is the, is the word that you know, there's not a consistent schedule. And if I take time off, I don't get paid time off. I'm mm-hmm. just like not teaching and like all those things. And I, I still really love, obviously I love music and obviously I love teaching, but I never thought I'd be ready to kind of jump back into the corporate world. And I'm I'm just really glad I did. I know that like, I'm only at this point, I started in October, October 19th or something. So it's obviously still fresh, but I really do like it. And I, I, I can honestly say that I'm glad I made the switch. It's for my mental health, for just like my time, like working nine to five hours as opposed to the the evenings and spending more time with Keon and getting paid a little bit more um, and having health insurance, Colin. It's really like yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Best supporting coverage. Yeah. It's uh, I, I think that kind of stability, you know, is I, I've been contending with that a lot, you know, lately of, you know, I've got a really stable day job and. Um, you know, I don't, it's not me, but it pays really well. And it's, it's, you know, everyone's nice. And I think I do an okay job of it. And it lets me be creative and like, you know, it supports me in all these ways. And it's like, you know, if, if you're, if you're able to do all the things you want to do, if you're able to have a stable job and still be creatively fulfilled and, um, and get to see your boyfriend and like all those things, then it's like, then what's wrong? You know, like what's wrong with that narrative? Yeah. How good is that? As as a queen might say. 
<laughs> how easy is that? Oh, how I easy know. is that? Oh, God. That's okay. I mean, I, she said how good is uh, she's. I think that phrase kind of, you could put whatever you yeah. want in there. Yeah, how blank is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'm just very glad to be where I am. And, um, and like you said, too, like I... It actually means I could do more, like, when the world does open up, like, more theater and mm-hmm. more, like, in, you know, starting this new podcast and in addition to this one and, like, truly having the best of both worlds and something that I never thought I would be, like, that I would find or, like, have or be content with, too. So it's it's a it's kind of, like, a new mindset in a way, but that's my number 10. Yeah. All right. Well, I support yeah. that. I think that's great. And uh, I feel like I... I I agree with a lot of that. And also like, it's good to hear someone else say that and say, Hey, this, this is good. Like it ain't broke, you know? Cause yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, great. Well, my number 10 is a little different. My number 10 is a TV show, uh, that I brought up recently on best supporting podcasts. And I've just been, it, it made the list at number 10 because it's sort of a later entry in the year, but just this obsession lately with the show Roseanne, and yes. I just, yeah. uh, I, I just, I'm so, especially the early seasons, like season one and two, um, and even season three, like are, and, and, you know, I think really it's not until like the last one or two seasons that it gets real bonkers, but there's a very different tone in the early seasons. There's a very different way that it moves and it's, oh, it's just it's some of the best TV, like in terms of sitcom television that I've ever seen. Um, and I just, uh, I've been listening to, um, total request pod and Amanda and Jody have two episodes on Roseanne and just like, yes, it, and I'm just like, oh, I'm like queening out. Cause I'm like, yes, I love hearing you talk about the costumes. And like, Amanda knows a lot about the show and like, it's just, they, it's so nice to hear other people like appreciating the same things that you're queening out on. Like, oh, that's that great podcast experience of like. Yes, of, of like, oh, I'm listening to my friends talk about this show I love, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Honestly, like, I, I sense us doing some sort of, you know, me, because here's what, here's, I'll start it like, uh, with this. I saw a clip, I have no idea, you know, like, when you just talk, when you say the word Roseanne to your phone, it's just like, Roseanne clips, now yeah. populating. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this clip of Laurie Metcalf, Laurie Metcalf as Jackie. Um, I don't know what season... It seems like a later one because you could tell the like the different eras of Roseanne. Like she thins out a little bit, and mm-hmm. then she like the hair up. changes. Yeah, yeah, the hair changes. Um, but um, it was when Jackie was trying to call someone to tell them that their dad died. Oh, that is you... a classic Jackie moment. Yes. Oh my God, and he's I was dead. Like, dad. Dead. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> and then he's he like, you know what? He's fine. He sends his love and mm-hmm. hangs up the phone. I. That was enough for me to say, yeah, I think I need to start watching too. And like some sort of like, you know, three part episode series that we can do, you know, on the first, you know, we can do a season at a time Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. for this podcast. I think that that's totally doable and something that I'd be excited for too. Oh, yeah. And I think that like the, I mean, we've talked about this, but in turn, I mean, Laurie Metcalf is incredible. Oh my gosh. I'm. I'm just astounded by how much I'm astounded by John Goodman. Like, I just didn't yeah. know it was that good, you know? Yes. It, like, just, it, I'm like, oh, I just, I just want to meet John Goodman. And has anyone ever told him how great he is as Dan Connor? You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> he got a couple Globe nominations. Yeah. Like, I feel like he, I remember looking that up, like, a long time ago, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so that's Roseanne. It is, I mean, nuanced as fuck. Like that, I, it's one of the few like sitcom TV shows, you know, I keep saying sitcom TV shows, choose one, Colin, sitcoms where I like forget that it's not real because the set is so intricate because the costumes, I just want to know who figured out these costumes, the, the jackets, like all of it is so wildly accurate jackets jackie's jackets he's like awful denim jackets like oh roseanne has some awful winter coats like home for the holidays bad coats you know and they are just indelible of like yep i know who that is and so roseanne do you remember i don't know maybe you why this is in my head but maybe Amanda mentioned it on Squirrel Friends like 7,000 years ago, or maybe you talked about it on All Right, Mary. There's one episode where Darlene wins some sort of contest. Like, I, I it's a writing contest. Yes. So she has, to, mm-hmm. she has to read it out loud, and Roseanne's like really upset with her because Darlene doesn't want to read it. She's like, you worked hard. And then like, it's like a beautiful episode because at the very end, Roseanne takes like her camera out and she like has a tear come. It's... Yes. Oh, it's I just watched that episode like some point last week or two weeks oh, ago. I don't know God. what, but I I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's at culture night that she uh, yes. doesn't want to read the poem that she wrote that won, and and then she reads it, and Jackie and Roseanne are in the audience, and yeah, Roseanne. I mean, every once in a while, like Roseanne, I think I've said before, like. She's got great comedic timing. Otherwise, like, I, I wouldn't say she's, like, a Meryl Streep, but, like, she has some moments where I'm like, ooh, you, you act, you're you not a bad actress. Like, she played the Wicked yeah. Witch of the West on Broadway. I mean... Uh, oh, I didn't know. That's perfect. Yeah, that perfect. yeah. So it's like, again, I know she's problematic, but I'm, I'm talking about the art, not sure. the person, you know? Yeah, and her chemistry with John Goodman is, like, unparalleled. Oh. The two of them together is, you do believe that they are husband and wife. Yeah. Without oh, question. Yeah, and there are some fights that they have. Oh, like, crazy. I'm excited. I'm excited to dig in. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited for that. Yes, this is going to be it's gonna be so good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to go to my number nine, yes. which is going to be, I'm going to, uh, I wanted to put something on the list that was sort of like BSA pod related to, mm. and I would say as far as like my favorite episode of 2020, I can't believe it was 2020 because it feels like it was like a year and a half ago, was of course the Hours Unabridged episode. Uh, I'm so glad that's on the list. Oh, the yes, go on, yes. Yeah, I just think like it was... I was excited about how excited we both were to talk about it and how much we kind of rediscovered that movie, I guess, together Mm -hmm. and then like got to talk about it. It was like, (laughs) it sounds so stupid. I was like, it was such a privilege to talk about that movie with you because it just, because it's just the material is so good. Like I, I loved rereading the book in Mm. preparation for it. Like it it was just like a great week for me and like, and the podcast too. And I know a lot of other people, (laughs) the white gaze as Dublin Zoetrope would call it, uh, really appreciated it. Um, Dublin Zoetrope is coming out with a podcast, Colin. We need to like. Oh, I can't, I cannot wait. That's fabulous. Oh, I love that. Do you know what it's going to be about? I don't know, but I hope it's just him. I don't know. I, I don't know what sort of structure there is, but um, I I can't wait to listen. It's going to be lovely. Well, uh, Dublin, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to promote your podcast. Yes, yes. We are that huge fans. Is still open. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so manifest. So I'm that. excited for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the hours, I, I just, I love that your BSA the week 
that week was the movie The oh, Hours. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's just The Hours. Yeah. That's all it is. There's just no room for anything else. It's The Hours. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Hours. I mean, that what a what a lovely what a lovely part of 2020 was really rediscovering The Hours. Um, yeah. I hope to do that every couple years of like just a re like or every year. I don't know. What else am I doing? Of just like yeah. re kind of engaging with the hours. Cause there is, yeah, there was so much new that I got out of it that I didn't think I would get after all this time. Yes. I don't This, the reference that, uh, it's, there's a 30 rock quote where Liz like first meets Dennis in a movie theater. Like they flash back mm-hmm. to like what, and, and they both say at the same time. And like Liz says like the hours. And then they both say in unison, this movie should be called the weeks because it's so long <laughs> <laughs> and boring. And I was like, how dare how you? Liz dare you? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my number nine. How about you, Colin? What's next? My number nine is, it is a drag queen named Jujube. <laughs> Oh, Colin, what a great... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm angry that I didn't think of this. Go ahead. Well, go you ahead. know, really, we, we're compiling a top 20. There may be... I'm sure there's going to be at least one or two crossovers, but, like, we're, you know, we agree That's with each other's question. lists, yes. I uh, So I co-sign the hours. You co-sign Jujube. Jujube, of yes. course, a mainstay of Drag Race since season three three two two two. season two uh and then of course all-stars one and then all-stars five uh just this you know this past summer and was just you know a a a beacon just a beacon of that season a beacon of this of this year juju b is like she is so funny and so smart and so talented and so charming and just like I'm sure it's a lot of work, but she makes it look like it's not. And uh, I just think that she's just like brimming with star power. And I can't wait to rewatch All Stars 5 largely to see Jujubee again. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the stuff that you and Johnny pulled and noticed from about Juju in that season is is what I was seeing too. And I just love that. Like, again, like when you see, when you listen to podcasts and they're mentioning the weird, funny things mm-hmm. that you also find, like even Alexis Mateo, like a runner up oh. really to the, to Juju B. Yes. You know, like assistant to the BSA. If you will. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Oh, just like, what about this? What about this? And like Juju's finger when she like points. I loved, I think that I like screamed the loudest when, cause I, for some reason, I had missed the boat point. on you and Johnny talking about like the fingers of Drag Race. I don't know why I like. I guess I just didn't listen to that episode, but I was, um, or like you collectively kind of mentioning it here and there throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the tenure of the podcast. But I, I love Juju. That's that's a great one. Yeah, Juju B. I I think you know really representing all the drag we had in 2020, and I think being my favorite drag of 2020. Yes. Yay. Um, yeah, so you're number eight. Nine, my number eight. And this might be on your list, Colin. So I, if if that's if that's the case, we can sort of, you know, we'll dig into it a little bit yeah. and then talk about it again when you mention it too. But um, my number eight is Pen15 Season 2. Oh, yeah. She's on the list. Uh, <laughs> She's on the list. Yes. Okay, good, but, good. but yes, I, I want to, I'm so happy. I, I was hoping this one, I was like, if this doesn't overlap, then what are we doing here? Uh, I know, yes. But yeah, uh, talk about Pen15. I And it's, it's quite fitting that mine is, I guess, lower on the list and yours is higher too, because I know you enjoyed it. Far more than I did, but I also like looking back on that now. I watched a couple. I rewatched play, probably 
probably like two weeks ago or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. great. Like yeah. it's just beautiful television. And and I think really like I, I, I wasn't going to not put it on the list, but I, I decided to put it at eight. Um, but I I just love this show so much. And I have so much like there's so much expectation and like uh, that it kind of got the best of me when I when I watched season two as well, that I was just I was expecting something else. But of course, like the show matures along with like the characters too. It's like this beautiful sort of, I don't know, uh, metaphor, I guess. But I I can't wait for the second half of it. I know mm. that Maya is pregnant right now. I don't think we talked about that on the no, podcast. No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she's pregnant. So oh, lovely. I'm sure that will halt a little bit of filming. And I, I mean, I don't really know how eager anyone is to film, you know, currently, but I know right. it's still happening. Um so I'm I'm waiting with bated breath for the second half of it, but um, it was just a beautiful first half of the season, and I I can't wait for the rest. How about you? Well, I guess we'll, we'll put a pin in that. I yeah, guess, unless you want to. Yeah, I mean, you know. I I agree with what you're saying, and yeah, I'll I'll save my thoughts for when Pen Fifteen shows up on my list. Yes, uh, shortly. Perfect, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, well, my number eight is the Schitt's Creek post show documentary. Best wishes, warmest <gasps> regards. Oh. Yes, Colin. Yes, which we did an episode on, um, on in the details, uh, and I because I wanted to put Shit's Creek on the list, but I was like, oh, but that was really like what gooped me, and uh, I think you know I am one of those people. I feel like it's I feel like it's become popular to not like Shit's Creek on like Twitter and social media. I feel like because people love it so much, there's something cool about like. I just don't get it. Like these people are not funny. You know, like I, I yeah. know that's cool, and I'm just like, well, I've never been cool, so that works out really well. I, <laughs> you know, it, it's just I think it is everything that we have talked about. We've done the BSAs of Shit's Creek. Yes, it is everything. I still feel all the same feelings, but especially the best wishes, warmest regards, is such a beautiful, you know, exploration of what was special about the show. Uh, itself and the show behind the scenes and um, you know it was like getting to kind of like knowing that amazing scene with Alexis um, and Ted in the diner and then getting to see the the behind the scenes of that it was just so great and I I have not I I, it was such a unique thing to see at the end of a show was like that glimpse that sort of Shit's Creek untucked you know uh, yeah, Shit's Creek Untucked. So I'm, uh, I just, I really loved it. It was such a, you know, and obviously that whole, that show, I'm, uh, I'm so happy that it, you know, I'm so happy that it was such a huge success and won so many Emmys and it's over. Like it's not going to have like yes. a bad last season. <clears throat> it's ending on like the biggest high possible. And I think in the long run, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like eventually we might see a Shit's Creek movie. Oh, I feel yeah. like that will and should question mark happen. You know, it's like, did we need that first Sex in the City movie? But like, yeah, we did. Like, we didn't need the second one. But no. We, I'm, I'm glad the first one happened. So some sort of like special, like the world is just craving it far too much now. And especially, yeah, like keep them wanting more and the world does want more. Yeah. Speaking of Sex in the City 2, I don't know when it, when I watched it, but I did finally watch it. It took me a, a, a few uh, oh. clips, but I know that you and Amanda have like this infamous girlfriends episode. Yeah, we uh, it's a, a two part episode. Yeah, I so I just remembered that, and I was like, oh, I'm listening to that today. 
Oh, and that's like a messy one too. Like that's like Great. as far as just like when we were really having like slamming the cocktails. Oh yeah, it was uh, uh, Keon's a guest on that one. Oh, too. So it oh was my like, god, uh, everyone's there. Okay, I'm yeah. so excited. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, that movie is awful. It's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amanda does a really good impression of Liza Minnelli singing <laughs> sing, "Single Ladies." So just I can't wait. Oh my god, Liza! It was just like. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I have so many feelings. Not a BSA of 2020, Sex and the City 2. I'll no, say that much. No, yeah. woof. Um, so, great, great, great. Uh, speaking of which, what's your number seven? My number seven is actually something that Keon, I was asking him, I was like, what are what are some things that we did this year? Like, where, what did we watch? And I was I was looking to him for some inspiration. And the first thing he said, which I, I'd never even thought of, too, is our drive to New Hampshire together. And I know that's, again, an action item, but, like, we had such... I love a road trip. Mm -hmm. I really do. I know some people cannot stomach, like, getting in a car for, like, 12 hours. We did, like, split it up. It was actually a 10-hour drive, too. So, but we had such a great time, and it was, like, the most beautiful time of year. It was before Thanksgiving. It's, like, COVID was still, you know, doing its thing, but, like, it was in that weird pocket of, like, we feel good about traveling, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. And... I just loved spending time with him and like, you know, we just listened to like anything and everything we could like podcasts and, uh, and music and sing-alongs and we had a gay old time and I just, I really like wouldn't mind doing it again. I had, uh, I love, do you like road trips? Um, I think that I, I get a little freaked out about like, oh, six more hours in the car, but I feel like, you know, I, I guess if you've got the right traveling companion and the right soundtrack yeah. and like whatnot, then I think it could be really fun. Um, I think if it was like, oh, we're doing an 18 hour road trip. I, it's like Colin shaped cut out in the wall. Like I just, I can't, I would just run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not at, never at once. I think like the most we did in one day was like five hours, which mm-hmm. is a lot, but like we really did take our time. There really wasn't any rush <clears throat> to get home we we made sure to like drive back on a saturday so we could have like all of sunday to like sort of recuperate i guess yeah um it was <clears throat> excuse me it was like the best i loved it so and i it really brought me a lot of joy and i drove the majority of the way keon hates driving mm-hmm. and i love driving so it kind of does work out he drove a little bit i'd say maybe like maybe total about two hours or three hours of like the 10 hour trip but um uh, so yeah, I know that it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I, I loved that road trip. It was such a, a lovely drive. So that's my number seven. Oh, it's lovely. I feel like there's not many couples can be like, yeah, we went on a 10 hour road trip and I can't wait to do it again. Like that's, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Keon could probably wait to do it again, but I think <laughs> Keon he... pops in on the mic. Actually, um, if I yeah. could just, I'm gonna let you finish Nick, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be, I'll see you at the airport. Yeah. He, I think like he was dreading it but like when we actually did it it was it was great oh Um, yeah so he i think like once he since we did it once he'd be willing to do it again he's like i never thought that we'd actually like drive because that was always out of the question for him he is 100 percent like a flyer i see like he does not love car rides so but you never had a car ride with me so um, hey you know yeah it's like you get the right driver yeah 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 buckle up okay (laughs) um (laughs) Number seven for you, Kyle. Number seven. I this this I'm I'm assuming this is gonna be like pen fifteen where this is gonna be higher on your list. Um but I 
couldn't not include a BSA of 2020, Hamilton. Yes. Hamilton, I, uh, yes, it's on my list. But I go, figured. Go, go, yeah. I mean, from watching it, from like, you know, because, you know, I, I had seen another like version on Broadway or, you know, a different cast on Broadway, I should say. And it was awesome. And I loved it. And I'm not a big musical person. And, you know, all those disclaimers and just was obsessed with it. And then seeing then again on just Disney Plus with the original cast and it was, you know, everything. And, yeah. uh, and then we had our BSAs of Hamilton episode, which I really enjoyed. That was so much yes. fun. Uh, that was like the hours where it was like two and a half hours and we just queened out. And yes. Uh, and then I did the Hamilton ride on Peloton. I mean, I am, I am, I am the oh, whitest God, gayest so stereotype good. right now. Like it's just <laughs> I'm, I'm all the things, but yeah, the Hamilton ride on Peloton is phenomenal. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I cried at the end of it. Oh. Uh, when she talks about Lin-Manuel and how, like, In the Heights, like, changed her life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. I've cried on. That's my second Peloton ride that I've cried on. <laughs> that was, I think, my one of my, maybe my first or second that I was like, yeah, I cried on that ride. And I was like, I needed this. This was yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's so true. There's, there's like. I, I think it's all of Satisfied. There might be some cuts, but it's like mm-hmm. an entire climb where you are out of your seat. And But there's something about that song that is just like, it's fuel. It is yeah. fuel. Inspiration. Ugh, it is everything that I needed. And it comes at just the right time. And she's great. And she, I, yeah. I love that ride. Because I was like, oh, am I going to get through this? And I was like, yeah, this song? Yeah, I'll totally get through this. Like, it was, she was great. Her enthusiasm was perfect. Uh, yes. I loved Wait For It as well. I thought that was a great uh yeah. that I just oh it's like oh this all of this is just so great. Um yeah. so Hamilton. uh but yes, Hamilton yes, yes. Hamilton it's just that ending the gasp at the end oh. you know uh, Angelica Philippa Sue, Philippa Sue yes. and Angelica just being in uh, she died at the end. I mean, it was just... <laughs> oh, she died. Oh, she died. I mean, there was just so many quiet uptown. There's just so much about... Oh, Dorothea Doge. Are you kidding me? What's yeah. his name? Uh, Christopher Jackson. Oh, yes. Oh, coming home. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I can't even, like, finish sentences. It's all just so good. And so, um, Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, what a gift. Yeah. What a gift. Beautiful. All right. Number six is something, it's kind of like my Roseanne, uh-huh. um, but it's it's been put on, it's pretty high on the list um, because I just loved it so much. Um, Keon and I finished watching The Queen's Gambit over the weekend. Okay. All right. And I know you have not started or I, I know you've heard of things. What are, what are your initial sort of thoughts of like, mm, that's not for me or maybe, or what do, what do you feel about it at this point? I mean, I know that like, I think Johnny loved it. Cause I know that, like I've talked to other people about it who've like, you know, sold elements of it and I don't, and I'm like resisting it. And mm-hmm. I just, and, and like, I'm often wrong when I resist things sure. like, by the way, uh, and so I'm just in that all that waiting room of like, when am I going to finally watch it? And then be like, has anyone watched The Queen's Gambit? Have, has, does anyone know yeah. how great that woman is? Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I, I hear you because I, I think everyone was talking about it and I just resisted it because I, I just didn't think I would be interested. And boy, was I wrong because it's, first of all, there's a lot of great women in it. Um, 
And it's like, where to even start? I just think it's like a perfect season of television. It's mm. so detailed and beautiful. And like the, the plot, obviously it's just like, there's something really satisfying. And of course we've seen it in like other movies too, about seeing someone. It's like the, the underdog story, I guess is the, the best way to say it. Cause like she's an orphan and she learns how to play chess with like a guy in the basement. And then she, like everyone realizes like, she's very gifted at chess and then it's just kind of the journey from there but there's like addiction involved there's like you know the fact that she's an orphan and she does get adopted but um it's like kind of complicated and kind of not like there this i think the thing that really i don't want to say sold me but like the thing that just made me love it even more is my friend gina posted on instagram that it took 30 years to make yeah to get greenlit or something like that because I, you know uh, what backers or producers or whatever you want to call it just didn't think that chess would be interesting enough and it's also like a female-led like sort of drama but it is worth it and there were like six rewrites and like yeah. it's just per- like it's it's like trimmed down to the bone there was no extra fat and like it feels like it took that long to be made because it's so perfect and so uh like well done i Keanu and I, like, when we watched it, I've never wanted a show, like, not to end. Like, I wanted more. But I think I could be wrong. I, I know there's, like, seven or eight episodes. But I think it's just, like, I'm trying to think of something else that we've seen. Maybe, like, in ways, like, Big Little Lies, kind of, like, mm-hmm. like I don't need to see a season two. But once it came, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on board. But I kind of hope there isn't a season two. I I kind of hope it's just this one thing. I, yeah. Because it's just this beautiful little moment in television. And, oh, I loved it so much. And, um, well, I'll talk a little bit more about it later, too, because I have something else to say. But uh, it's a high recommend for me. I don't. I hope you love it. Um, I also don't want to build it up to this, like, you know, this status that <laughs> once you watch it, you're right. like, oh, well, yeah. So I mean, I feel like if you feel this strongly about it and other people whose opinions I trust feel that strongly about it, like, I'm probably just like, oh, do I want to be in the camp of people who are like, why do I want to watch a, a TV show about chess? You know, do I want to be that girl or do I want to, like, enjoy yeah. something? And I think... Yeah, but, oh, you will. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, and I think that's the thing. I think it's just, like, in, like lean in. Um all right, well then I will start. I will watch it. I will start watching yeah. it. Yeah, um, it's almost like it's like the fighters about boxing, but it's not really about boxing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. it's one of those things. It's so plot boxing. driven and, and character driven. <laughs> what did you say? Boxing. Whenever you say boxing, boxing. I just hear Melissa Leo say boxing. <laughs> yeah. What does he know about boxing? Boxing. <laughs> oh, Melissa. Um. So yeah, it's a and like her stepmother is like such a fascinating character, and I think she's a a great actress and has like such an interesting arc in the show. And I, I just want to talk about her with you. Is that and Mariel another, Heller? Like, is that her name? Yeah. 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 That's um, the one everyone keeps saying, Oh, she's the one to watch. She really is. And I, the way that they write her is so perfect and keeps you kind of guessing. I don't, it's like, I don't want to go into it. And then there's like another character that comes back two episodes before, it ends where you were just like, oh, where have you been? I've missed you so mm. much. And it's like, it's worth the wait. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it. I It's a perfect pilot, too. Like, if the pilot mm-hmm. doesn't reel you in, then then you can say you gave it an honest try and just kind of pack it up. Because I, I was ready to watch the second episode after that. 
Okay, that's a great endorsement. Sometimes it's like, how long is it going to yeah. take for me to get into the world of this show? And it's like, sometimes people say like, it's oh, like think of like Westworld. It's like, yeah, it's going to take you a few episodes. I'm not going to spend three hours until I like something. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Monet and Bob were talking about it on Sibling Rivalry. It might have been an older episode too. And I, it makes sense. Like people these days will say, oh, you just got to get through like the first three seasons. Like she was being sarcastic. Right, right. But, it's true. Like, I think of, like, Parks and Rec. Like, you just got to get through the first season, and then it's great. But, like, it really is great, like, after the first mm-hmm. season. And it stinks that, like, that's what we have to, like, that's the the price of admission with some shows, too. Like, I just wish it was, you know, compelling enough from episode one. And this show definitely is. You know, I'll say, and this is a tangent, but, you know, I and I've, I've felt that way and thought that as well about, like, Parks and Rec and The Office. That the first season is like, eh, just skip to the second season. But... Especially The Office, I've gone back and rewatched the first season, and besides the fact that Amy Adams is in it and fabulous, it's actually better than I'm giving it credit for. I think, oh, yeah. You know, I think I, I don't like Michael, you know, as much, and, like, there's things about it that I'm like, you know, I don't know, I, I want more Pam moments, whatever, but, like, it's great, and I think I'm compelled to rewatch the first season of Parks and Rec because I'm not trying to defend it, but I'm I know that it, season two takes a totally like you know it comes to life but i'm like what am, what am i missing about season one of parks and rec like is it that bad maybe it is uh no i with all that being said too <clears throat> when Keanu and i did the rewatch we weren't loling as much as we were like in season four or mm-hmm. season three but like it isn't bad television it is perfectly acceptable and i didn't know people said that about season one of the office i thought season one of the office was super strong yeah, I feel like... But I like, guess people... Okay. Oh, yeah, I don't know. And maybe that is just me. I just... I feel like season one, it's a smaller season. You know, it, it's, it looks a little different. Michael looks different. That It, it all feels oh, yeah. like a pile. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, well... Queen's Qu- Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Oh, and one more thing, sorry. Mm-hmm. And this is a side note, too, but I know you'll be excited about it because it was per Johnny's recommendation. I started watching I May Destroy You, Colin. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I watched two episodes last night, and I could have probably stayed up all night and watched the rest, too. And I love that they're half hours. Oh, mm-hmm. that was, like, the best thing about it, too. Um, so I am – I will report back, but I am fascinated by it so far. Yeah. I – I like, once I started watching it, yeah, I, I think I watched, like, four or five or six of the episodes in a row. Like, I binged yeah. so much of it. It's – oh, it's so good. And she's great. If she – like, mm-hmm. if she does not win an Emmy – Right. I don't know what's going to like I, I I'm excited for the Emmys this year. I think that'll be really great. Yeah, she is because she's like starring and writing, directing like this is all her. And I just like to have all of this come from her mind and be so fucking good. It's like this is more than just a great performance. This is like a great like accomplishment, you know? Yeah. She needs to have like that Phoebe Waller bridge moment. Or yes. Like set fire to the rain. Oh, <laughs> like, the, I, yes. Oh, the image uh, of her just like holding a bunch of Emmys on stage. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Um, well, uh, number six, Colin. Yeah, my sorry. number six. So my number six, I have, I have recommended on this podcast. I've queened out about on in the details. It is of course the movie, the bad seed. I oh, yes. I am obsessed with this movie. This was a movie that I like true a true quintessential BSA of 2020. And then I discovered it. I knew about it, but finally like really discovered it this year. 
Marco's automatic feeder. Uh, I don't know if if that picked up on the mic, but it just... I heard it just a little bit. Yeah, it just released some cat food. And I'm like, this is not what I programmed it for, but whatever. Um, (laughs) You're like six hours too late, sweetheart. But uh, so... I like finally watched it this year, you know, because I knew that Eileen Heckert was nominated for, you know, Best Supporting Actress. And I thought, well, reason alone. And it's I will continue to recommend and sing the praises of The Bad Seed. It is like the lady acting in The Bad Seed is phenomenal. Uh, I just between the 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 lead who plays the mother nancy kelly and then eileen heckert as an amazing best supporting actress in two scenes oh i and it's over the top it's so over the top and like yeah you know that's what i love about it it is just so unabashedly over the top especially nancy kelly's performance which she won a tony for and was nominated for an oscar and yet it's also like this is like what people accuse shelly duvall of in the shining so unfair it's really nancy kelly but but i still love it i just i yeah so uh i will continue to just recommend uh yeah i need to watch it i yeah. need to i need i there was a, a small window of time over like christmas break if you call it that i was like maybe i should watch the bad seed and then i like took a nap instead but yeah i will that'll be one of my one of my, by the end of January, I will have watched the bad seed. I'm going to put that out into the world. I just I know at the very least that the Eileen Heckert, Mrs. Daigle scenes. I I have never been more confident that you're you're going to love them. <laughs> like I you're gonna wait. you're gonna be like oh I love that thing in that moment. Like she gives you all that <laughs> stuff that we love. So yay good good you'll good. see you'll see mm. you'll see. Um, I'm so threatening for the bad seed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that brings us to your number five. My number five is a more watered down, less clever version of your Schitt's Creek answer. So I'm going to tag yours to the end of it. But still a moment in 2020. Um, Number five is the Schitt's Creek Emmy sweep. Yes. Um, As maybe problematic as some people might say, but I, I think it was perfect. And I really specifically, this was almost just... Annie Murphy winning mm. Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Because honestly, like, be, besides Catherine O'Hara, like, those were the, of course, it's the women that we were right, most concerned right. about. Like, are they going to get their due? And, like, I, I didn't care as much about Dan because I knew, like, the show might win or writing might win or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. directing. Um, but I... Then they I all loved... won. <laughs> yeah, they all won. They're yeah. all bottoms. Um <laughs> Um, so, but I think in general too, like I, I was really more excited just to have an award show, Colin. I feel like that was as weird as, as Regina King said, this is so weird as it was. Um, I was just really kind of grateful that they made it happen and uh, to have that Schitt's Creek sort of sweep happen. I wish they would have spaced that out. It might not have seen, it could have seemed, uh, like what am I trying to say here? I can't speak English this morning. It would have seemed less, uh, you know, in your face. <laughs> like sure. all those wins back to back to back to back yeah. to back. I think even Dan it, Levy was just like, oh my God, what do I say now? You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, um, and then and then the tail end of that, of course, is that Shit's Creek. Here's what I have to say too. Um, it's, what is it called? Best Wishes and Farewell? What, what Best is it called? Wishes, and I had to look this up because I've been getting it wrong, you know, since it came out, but Best Wishes, Warmest Regards. 
Okay, here's what I have to say about that, because I got in a, <laughs> I got in like a heated battle with um, Jamie, who you met in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, she likes, she's, we were hanging out, I don't even know, like three weeks ago or something. And um, she said, best wishes, warmest regards or whatever. And I was like, what's that from? And she got like so upset with me <laughs> that I, she's like, you don't know what that's from? And I was like, no, I've n- I was like, it's like a, like a, a farewell greeting. I like if someone like give me a multiple choice question of like this quote is from these four one of these four tv shows and i would never be able to get that i don't remember that at all and i guess it's something that david david and stevie used to say i don't was it david and stevie or david and patrick when they i don't know but i didn't know it either so like when that came out i was like oh that's a nice like name but i don't i can't i'm gonna have jamie listen to this just this specific part of the podcast because she's like jamie (laughs) i can't believe you don't and i was like jamie no one knows that and and because she's the type of person that like she doesn't know any sort of reference it's like her one fatal flaw like i can't like spar back and forth with her about best supporting actresses Mm -hmm. like she knows a lot of things but she just doesn't really care and God bless her. But, um, and so she, that was like the weirdest thing for her to remember out of all the Shit's Creek quotes. But I guess it is something. So if anyone else out there kind of says, if they, if you also knew that that was from Shit's Creek, like tweet me because I, I totally missed that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm in that camp as well. I had missed that joke. I, I could not picture when that happens in the show. So yeah, it's not really even like a joke. It's just like a, I don't know. Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, so yeah, five. My five is Shit's Creek Sweep. Okay. Uh, my number five is the aforementioned Pen Fifteen. I yeah. I you know, I got especially the first watch. I mean, you know, I, it's it's different, right? The first time you watch something like. There, it's kind of like Drag Race, I think, is a great example. Like, you can watch an episode and be like, oh, my God, that was crazy. That was fierce. That was so exciting. And then you watch it again. You're like, ah, that was kind of a dumb episode, actually. Like, I think Bob sure. talked about this on a recent episode of Sibling Rivalry. And I was like, oh, I feel so validated. I, I feel the exact same way that there are times where I am just, like, living on Friday night. And then when I rewatch it on Sunday, I'm like, what was what life was I getting? Because uh, it wasn't mine. Uh, Soak what up? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but Pen15, the first watch of season two, I, you know, it's funny. The first episode, I, I had kind of the experience that you really had with the, the season of like, oh, okay. It's, you know, even maybe the first two episodes, it was like, oh, my, I'm liking this, maybe not loving this yet. And I remember like the witch episode, I didn't appreciate till later. And I think it yeah. wasn't until Mora showed up and I was yes. just so wowed by the, by the nuances and the specificity of that. I was like, I know this story and I love that so many people watching this know this person and know a Mora in their life. Uh, mm. And I thought it was just such a great, narrative they hadn't really seen before and done so well and the girl who played her was so good and yes um but and then of course gabe but the gabe narrative just i know like the first time i watched it like every every scene with him as the season went on i just got we get so emotional anytime he was on on screen because i was like i can't believe that we are getting to see the like the, the chubby gay boy in in seventh grade figure out like his feelings like I, I love that we're seeing this and it's being yes. done so well and uh and that little boy is just so funny and i i <laughs> yeah. just and the play like all of it i just uh i think anna and maya are just such great characters i'm thinking about like anna 
in her dad's car at the very end, like just yes. crying. Oh my oh. god! Uh, and and I'm both of them. It just what a fabulous show and a show that I'm really just like rooting for because I think they're, I I think they're doing it so well. Like I think you were saying about Queen's Gambit, where it's just like it's just so perfect that was such a bsa of this year is when pen 15 came back i that was so like i peak excitement in 2020 (laughs) yeah honestly yes i first of all the game quote what are you gonna do divorce what are you gonna do deborah divorce me (laughs) oh Oh, god and uh that whole like i would even like take anna crying in the car and like raise you anna talking to her mom in the booth at the restaurant oh my and just God. like that talking through tears moment, like, I'm sorry that I'm mean to you. And I'm sorry that dad's mean to you. And like how uh, her voice breaks, like it is. Yeah. And, and her mother. I mean, oh, fun fact. I don't, I think she's only in a few episodes, but Melora Walters, I think her name is, who plays yeah. her mother is in Roseanne. She, uh, <gasps> she works at the salon where Roseanne works for a little while before. The, oh my God. And she's great. She's so great. Oh my God. She and we we talked about her and the Pen Fifteen episode. Melora Walters was great, great in that scene, like that last episode. Uh, she yeah, was, and, it's it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Pen Fifteen. I can't wait for it to come back. Same, same. Um, well, that All brings right. us now. We are we are in the the north end of things. Uh, Oof. This is, you know, cream of the crop here. Who's your number four? The heavy hitters. Yeah. This is one that just came into my life yesterday. And I know maybe I should have put it lower in the list, I'd say. But it was just too much of a miracle Mm. (laughs) to not mention and put, like, below top five. And it's really stupid, too. But, like, it it has, like, I'll just say what it is before I, you know, pass out from talking too much. Mm. Um, So... Keon found out yesterday that our since we have Verizon or something, we have access to a year of Discovery Plus, oh. uh, like the the app on your smart TV. And and I was like, that's cool. He's like, I was like, but what does that mean? I was like, I don't really care about Discovery, but it includes the Food Network, Colin. Oh, and I had I I logged on immediately. I went to, <laughs> I went to the TV in our bedroom, and I was like, please have Barefoot Contessa, please. Um, and they have everything. Wow. Everything, I'm pretty sure. Like, the thing that stinks is, like, the earlier episodes are harder to find. There's some on YouTube, but um, it is a treasure trove of, like, everything that I need for the Good Vanilla Pod. Mm-hmm. And just, and just like, my overall mental health of just, like, yesterday, like, the, the work day was winding down, and I was it was dead. So I just, like, watched a couple episodes, and I was just like, I could... And they just start. They just start one after the mm-hmm. other. It's like binging it. Like I never was able to fully binge Ina the way I wanted to, and I just took it as a little sign from the universe that it's like working with me to make sure that the Good Vanilla Podcast um, is fully supported mm-hmm. and that I have access to everything I need. So Discovery Plus, a weird sort of number four, but oh man, it's going to bring me so much joy. It's kind of like a you know the future of. And I guess technically it did happen in 2021, so it's not really a 2020. I just thought of that right now, but well, I'm going to pretend. We're going to shoehorn it in because, you know, yes. I think 
you know, 20, it's, it, 2020 kind of spilled over into 2021 a little bit. I think, you know, we've still got some, got some election-y stuff. We got, you know, it's yes. like, I, I kind of feel like in some ways 2021 starts like January 20th, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because like so many people like at work too, it's such a, like if I'm on a conference call with something or there's like a glitch in the, you know, uh, Cisco WebEx and people are just like, oh, 2020, you know, you just like mm. chalk it up to like, we can't say that anymore. Right, right. We got to like deal with our shit now. Yeah, I know. So that's that's an interesting conundrum. But yeah, Discovery Plus, I am. I am thrilled to have it, and I'm looking forward to the next year of having <laughs> having it. Fabulous. And well, beyond. what synchronicity with the Good Vanilla podcast. I know. Yeah, it felt good. I was like, okay, this is, it's happening. And I, I almost got overwhelmed, like, with how many episodes, like, mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's this one and that one and this one. It was it was great. Yeah, so, like, what shirt is she wearing as she trudges uh, up the beach this season in the opening credits? You know? Oh, I, I, watched, I watched one yesterday called The Cat's Away. And Jeffrey was going away for like the weekend, and she's like, "I'm gonna have my card shark friends over." Oh, I've like, seen that told, one. Yes. Oh, it's so good. And as soon as Jeffrey leaves, there's like a smash cut to her in her pantry with like a bottle of tequila. Oh, yeah. She is, you know, uh, yes. She's I like just, coast is clear. Right. Right. It's, yeah. She got the lampshade on her head already. Yeah. It's yeah. like <laughs> time to get these pants off. Yeah. Oh God. And the card sharks are just like four fabulous gay men right in the Hamptons. Oh God! Oh. Yes. Oh, that's that, that's going to be a fun episode. There's I'm, a lot to uncover. Yeah. yeah, I might beg to be on that episode to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the card it's sharks. a good one. It's a good one. Um, well, uh, well, great. Well, my uh, my number four is uh, one of of two iconic duos on my on my list um, that we. We cleaned out about this year, and I, like, it was just so lovely to spend some, like, dedicated time talking about Margot Martindale and Ann Dowd. <gasps> yes. And that, I was trying to figure out a way. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Was, was it a Vulture interview about with them? Yeah, the Vulture interview from three years, like three years ago. <laughs> three years ago. Three years ago. Breaking news. Margot Martindale and Ann Dowd talked for three for. <laughs> For three years I know, ago, I was like on the corner in Lawrenceville, like extra, extra, but it was uh, <laughs> right, you know. Um, I just that was so, like that interview was so fun, and like talking about them and talking about them together in the same episode, and just like I don't know, and they're such quintess, they are like you know, the patron saints of this podcast, yes, you know, yeah, and uh, I just you know, we've, we've talked about Margo a bunch this year, and we talked about Ann Dowd a bunch a couple times this year, uh, and I just uh, I think they are just queens of the category, you know, with Diane Weist and you know, so many others, Amy Adams, but like, um, yeah. Margo and Ann are just uh, there are kind of actresses, and I just, yeah. It was really nice to kind of like get a moment to just talk about the two of them, not in a role, but just like them and the way they work and the way they think. And um, yeah, I just loved it. Yeah. Amen to that. I I, I think that they're going to be I mean, they have been sort of like a staple from the beginning. I think Margot came a little bit later, even though we have always loved Margot. It was like it was all about Anne. And yeah. then once we saw them together and, you know, Lazy Susan. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think it's like it's the era of Margot. <laughs> I really, yeah, movie. yeah. I know. I someone uh, has. I'm going to start watching that show, The Americans, that she was in. Oh yeah, Colin. I've heard it's incredible. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm. So that's that and Queen's Gambit are going to be my January watches. 
Oh, yay. Good, good, good. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, uh, okay. No, your top number three. three. Top three. Wow. All right. So Margot and Anne for me were my, like, the queen who got cut before the finale, but, like, coming back for all stars, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're in the top uh, three now. My number three is Hamilton, So which Great. we already talked about a little bit, too. And I think... For me, um, and we talked about it on the actual episode, too, is like I was so starved for theater. I was so starved for some sort of live performance or some connection to like what, you know, we used to do pre-pandemic and uh, or like, you know, just going to the theater, Colin. Like it's just Mm -hmm. something that was taken away for us from us. So I'm just so happy that Lin-Manuel decided. I mean... The trade-off is that In the Heights didn't happen this year, but right. instead we got Hamilton too. So a worthy exchange in my in my book. Um, but I can't wait for In the Heights this year. I'm going to freak the fuck out when that comes out in the summer, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, but I think like what made it even more special is like watching it with Keon because he only really loved the King George songs and like to mm-hmm. see, it was almost like watching a kid on Christmas morning like I knew how good it was going to be like I knew the gifts he was going to open up and like like him watching Satisfied for the first time was just like the greatest joy ever uh. and like it was kind of me watching Satisfied for the first time too because I've seen some bootlegs here and there and but it wasn't like you know watching the full package of her deliver that song was just something it was otherworldly really mm, yeah <laughs> and yeah. um and then and then like us talking about it and the fact that like you really enjoyed it like and truly genuinely enjoyed oh, it not yeah. just kind of like going along because i told you we, <laughs> we should we should cover <laughs> right it too, right yeah no, this was is an extra genuine bonus. love yeah yes yeah. um so for all those reasons uh hamilton just and and just kind of revisiting the the cast recording again because I listened to it a lot when it came out and then I kind of put it on the, to the side mm-hmm. and just rediscovering more layers of that. Um, I will say to kind of put a button on the Hamilton uh, conversation, I guess. But uh, there isn't. Oh gosh, I can't remember what it's called now. There is a there's a show on Netflix um, where um, it's basically. Uh, it's a podcast, but they turned it into a TV show where it's um they explain the writing, how they wrote one song, and a lot of them are pop songs. Oh. But th- on this episode, it is an episode um entirely about the uh, writing and like like the inception inception, right? Yeah, sure. Conception, conception yeah, sure. Conception of wait for it. Oh, um, which wow. is a great song, and like just hearing and like watching. Lin Manuel talk about it. You get to hear like the original, like uh, what's it called when they like record a song, a demo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fascinating. I think it's like and Tommy Kale. I think I think he was the director. No, no, no. Tommy Kale directed. I'm getting all my wires crossed here too. But the guy who did all the orchestrations is also in it as well. Um, it's really cool. Um, I cannot remember the name of it right now or what that show is called. But um, maybe while you're talking about your number three, I will look that up. Yeah, yeah, because I would, I would love to check that out. Um, yeah, it's, it's really great. Well, my top three, my number three is uh, a, the second dynamic duo on this list, uh, who I have queened out about this year, who have been true BSAs in terms of getting me through 2020, and that is none other than Friends of the Pod, Amanda and Jody. I, Yay! I mean, like between Amanda loves to hate Teen Mom and we love to hate TV and reality TV and you know Total Request Pod. I mean, they are like 
podcast queens. Like it's just yes. no. I know no one who produces as much content as Amanda and Jody. Uh, oh gosh, I, I can't. no one. And Amanda has her Housewives podcast too. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like NPR wishes, and so <laughs> I, uh, I've just been like, I've just been enjoying how like listening to them queen out about whatever. Like I'm not watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You don't really need to. Like there, I love. I'm so fine for them to go off topic and like not fully cover the episode because their tangents are so funny. Uh, I just like really just like such great podcasting this year and the kind of thing where I'm like, if I, if I'm feeling kind of low or kind of flat, I'm like, when I think of the podcasts or something I can put on to kind of pull me out of it, like their podcasts are, are are high on that list. (laughs) They really are. That was (laughs) I was listening to Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom. It was just a solo episode yesterday, and she's talking. Mid-sentence, she says, who's throwing up? Who's throwing up? (laughs) And then she pauses, and she's like, well, it was Latrice. So I'm just going to keep on going. (laughs) Yes. You can't get that with any other podcast. I'm sorry. You just can't. It's so funny. Oh, my God. When Walter, like, eats the cat food by accident, like, that's another one of my favorite nuances. She's like, Walter's eating the fucking cat food again. Hold on. And then you hear, like, her whole desk fall over. <laughs> yeah. It's I, it, it's so great. And I'm like, yeah, don't edit any of this out. No, don't. Um, oh, it is. The, uh, one of the highlights that I have, like, in terms of, like, things that I just kind of, like, say to myself around the house other than the prom is when yeah. – um, Jody and Amanda cover uh, Marriage Boot Camp, and yes. Jody does the voice of Amber's mother, Tanya, and she's got this oh, quote, yes. my scripts are coming on Tuesday, and I, like, I can't do it, <laughs> but it is so funny, and I'm like, every time Jody says it, I'm like, yes, say the line, say the line. <laughs> my scripts are coming on My Tuesday. scripts are coming on Tuesday. That's a bag, yes. Yeah. It's so funny. So... I just, you know, obviously we need to have some kind of collaboration with them uh, yes, soon yes, yes, in 2021. Yes. But um, I just, yeah, total BSAs of 2020 for me. Mm. I'd even add as like um, maybe even something like a runner up to we forgot about Julie Klausner. Colin. No, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> no, we did not. Oh, y'all wanted a twist. <laughs> y'all wanted a twist. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm like, well, let's keep going because I can't wait. There's a build up to these things. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm You're like, I'm like Elizabeth Taylor now. reading the Gladiator one before reading the nominations. I'm like, no, Liz, oh, yes. just, just open the card. Yeah. Yes. No. That's my Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, gosh. Okay, so my number two... Um, I guess a more condensed version of this is just the quote, we did it, Joe. We did it. (laughs) And like, but that's like sort of the introduction to like just the results of the election Mm -hmm. and like the hope of like what the future of America will look like. And because really, I I, I told Keon, I put that on the list. I I just had like the election as my number two. Mm -hmm. But like that was actually quite stressful. That was not necessarily a BSA moment, but the BSA moment of Kamala Harris calling Joe Biden and oh. just tell, and and just being able to witness that and also like the idea of like Pennsylvania being the BSA of like really kind of you know turning blue and mm-hmm. being that pivotal 
Um, point in the election was also really satisfying and walking out onto the streets that day in Pittsburgh, like it, it was just like all of that is my number two spot, I guess. I don't know how you want to word it, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, the the we did it. Uh, we did it. Joe is a great kind of like uh, symbol for all of that, because it was it was the relief. It was the like, you know, it was the it's the excitement. It was like what that meant. It was like this doesn't just mean like. Joe Biden won the election because, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I just want Joe Biden to be president. It was, you know, there were other candidates I was maybe a little more excited about. Not that I'm not going to sure. support him, but like it was what all of that meant. It was what what was going to happen because of that, what was going to stop happening, hopefully because of that. And so, yeah, that I feel like Kamala was really like representing all of those feelings in that moment. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of I don't know if it's like her official account on TikTok, but there are a couple like Kamala Harris, her just like cooking in the kitchen with her family videos mm. on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I I am here for it. I need like 500 more of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. Um, here's the January 20th. Yeah. The true start of uh, yeah, the real new year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, my number two is uh, something we've talked about recently on this podcast it's none other than Lazy Susan. Yay! Lazy Susan, truly a BSA of the year in that I discovered it this year, and it just changed the course of my life. It is. It, it made my top 10 favorite movies. It is so funny. It is so... Like, everything I said, go to the BSAs of Lazy Susan episode that we just did last week. I I can't get over how much I love that movie and and I just keep asking myself but like are you just stoned when you watch it is it really that funny and then I just try mm-hmm. to not be as stoned and I'm like no it really is still that good yeah it and really is it's just so great and I I just think you know uh, it doesn't seem like the critics loved it I don't feel like it's getting the press that I'm giving it but um I'm fine to root for an underdog. I think Lazy Susan is uh, one of the best things that ever happened to me and certainly the best thing that happened to me in 2020. I love, I I don't think that I quite knew how much like that you loved it. I didn't know you loved it that much. And I, but I also love that because I think we all have movies like that. Like it's just Mm -hmm. like, depending on like the time it falls into your life, especially that you kind of like discovered it on your own. And it is just like, happens to be a really solid movie with like people that we love yeah like it's uh, yeah it's like you don't have to defend any of it like like what you like that's what i say it just i it just hit this little bell for me and i was like i get what this movie's doing and or whatever nerve it's hitting for me is just hitting the right nerve and um so yeah so lazy susan uh oh I, the, I love that. The runner In ways, up. that's kind of how I felt about The Queen's Gambit, too. Like, the dramatic mm-hmm. version of that, too. I was like, this is everything I need in a show. And, like, once you do start watching it, like, there, there's just so much to talk about. How Like, I've never paid as much attention to writing as I have in this mm. show. And just, like, how they plant these little seeds that come back later. And just, oh, it's just so beautiful. Uh, it's like, it's my Lazy Susan of... 2020 i guess even wow. though i put it at number six wow um yeah i i love it anyway um okay number one's number one this is the I, our BSA I was of the to, year yeah bsa of 2020 i was trying to rack my brain and like think of something very profound or you know just really trying to think back to my 2020 and it's tiktok 
Wow. It is TikTok yeah. in every way. It is something that I didn't think that I would be on board with. We all had that sort of like, you know, mid-30s sort of like, this is for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was so wrong. And uh, it really has given me, I mean, yes, it is a distraction from like everything else I'm trying to deal with in my life too, but I'm fine with it for now. And uh, 2020 was a sort of a year of trying to figure out you know, just the easiest way to get through, what does that look like for you? And I wasn't on TikTok, you know, every second of the day, but it is nice when I pick up my phone to just like turn it on and really kind of laugh. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of my biggest takeaway from it too. Like, yeah, there are some serious videos on there too, but like so people are so fucking clever and funny and just like discovering new people um, and sending them to like, you know, Amanda, Jody, you and and beyond mm-hmm. and Keon. Um um, I just love TikTok, and it saved my 2020 in more ways than one. Wow. Uh, TikTok. TikTok. TikTok on the front cover of your BSAs of 2020, TikTok. Yeah. Wow. I really I really feel like it was. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I, I feel like that has been a running theme for you this year is queening out about yeah. TikTok. So that all, that checks out to me. Um, yes, yes, yes. Well, my number one, uh, if you were paying attention... <laughs> Earlier, you may have gotten a hint of what it might be. Uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry, but also, like, I love that that happened, too. (laughs) I love it. Um, It is, of course, truly, through and through, my BSA of 2020 is Julie Klausner. Uh, I I wish I had, like, an odd, like, applause button to hit. uh, You know, the ways in which this woman got me through this year that she'll never know... You know, like, obviously yeah. difficult people. It just it is a pleasure to watch. But the archives of How Is Your Week, I mean, the best seven ninety nine I ever spent, you know? Oh, God, I don't know why it's more, but I'm yeah. glad that it's not. I mean, years of episodes. And, like, when I think back on this year and I think of these, like, long walks over the summer I used to take, like, going into, like, suburban Astoria. I mean, just, like, yeah. like where am I? Like, I'm almost in LaGuardia, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and just like these super long walks and listen, you know, listening to her, you know, all the episodes from like 2014, like 20, you know, 2013 even. And yes, and kind of following the narrative of like, you know, because I'm listening mostly in order, you know, like of of her life and the things she talks about and and when Smiley Muffin dies and oh, I'm gonna oh. Get choked up just thinking about that. I um, know. Her cat. And then, you know, when she broke up with her boyfriend, he broke up with her and she went through that and. Um, and, you know, doing Jimmy difficult Jazz. people. Oh, and Jimmy Jazz, her wonderful, best supporting cat, Jimmy Jazz. Uh, <laughs> and just some fabulous interviews. But, of course, her monologues at the beginning are are really, you know, the best. Uh, they are. It, they are I, so I've, just, I've just been loving. Like, it, she's the, you know, it's the kind of podcast when I'd wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I just needed to, like, calm down and go back to sleep. I would put on How Was Your Week? And... Uh. Um, you know, and I've been listening to Double Threat now with Tom Sharpling, and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just she is, and like obviously she's brilliant, and she's so funny, and she's so smart, and like is such a perspective that I like need, and and of course I want more. How is your week? Because I just want to hear her monologue about like life right now. You know, I know. But she has truly like gotten me through this year, and like I'm mm-hmm. so grateful. Uh, for that content and for her voice and not to be dramatic about it, but uh, it just, yeah, Julie Klausner, she's a queen. 
She really is the queen. Love the fuck. Never been fucked. You've never fucked. been fucked. <laughs> but I can't wait to try. Love If that wasn't so vulgar, I would put that on a tote bag for it's you. It's you know? so funny. Love to fuck. Never been fucked. It's that, and it's that, like, that pattern. Never been fucked. <laughs> yeah. She's, like, looking at the paper as she reads it. Yeah. Like, Oh, oh god. god, that episode. You and got that a was, big dick man. That's like one of the other lines on that episode. And that was from oh, the guy who was in the the, the staircase. The, is that what it was? Yes, yeah. Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um well anyway, so that uh that is indeed, you know, that's the BSAs of my of my BSAs of twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh, what a list. What a list. What oh, a year. That is the list. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Well, that was fun. I'm excited to, uh, you know, maybe make this an annual thing, like the first week of January episode. Yeah. Kind of just recap, you know, in 2022, we'll do 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to look back and talk about all of the the travel. I mean, maybe that's kind of our final, because I'll tell you, after all these BSAs, I don't have a BSA of the week this week. Oh, okay. I do have one. But, oh, um, okay. I can mention it. It's very small and very quick. Perfect. My BSA of the week this week is a chessboard that Keon and I bought at Target. Because oh, of the Queen's Gambits, uh-huh. we were very inspired. I'm sure, like, in general, like, the sales of chessboards, they had to have gone up after that show was released. Because um, Keon and I both know how to play, mm-hmm. but we're, it's, we're, like, perfect opponents because we're both smart enough and know the game well enough but we're also like stupid enough <laughs> you know what i mean right, like right, we're right. not strategizing there's like there's nothing going on like i might be able to see a little bit ahead but in no way am i like a great chess player but we and our games last like they feel like they last for 30 minutes which is i feel a long time um, but he beat me once and then I beat him a second time too. And, uh, it's really nice. It's like a nice sort of wind down, mm-hmm. like after work, like you want to play a game of chess sort of, uh, situation. So that's, that's my like very small BSA of the week this week. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And it ties into the, to the list. So that's perfect. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I guess if I had a BSA of the week, it'd be, there was this movie I, I watched on Amazon. It was this little, you know, horror movie it was like an hour long it was called raccoon valley and uh it's <laughs> a great name i know and it sounds like it's people being attacked by rabid raccoons but it's like there's something happens and like some sort of you know i don't know a, a, an airplane carrying some sort of chemical crashes in a in an area and it has to be evacuated and this one woman who's deaf misses the evacuation and like wakes up and everybody's you know gone and you know then discovers there's like some you know some zombies about who've been transformed and she has to kind of figure out and the whole area has been like blocked off so she has to figure out how to get out of there and like and she's deaf so there's like that added vulnerability And, and it is like so beautifully made and really engrossing and obviously only an hour long and there's some moments that are so scary like so so tense and it was made for 175 dollars whoa by mostly one person and they they show how he did it at the end and um it's it's really incredible i just was so wowed and like there's moments where you kind of have to just like go with it with the plot but like um just the accomplishment of it and how beautiful it was and like the sound design the music um i just like didn't want it to end and there's a cat in it and it 
doesn't get hurt or killed. It's all a very happy Ooh, story. Yay. Yeah. So, um, so Raccoon Valley free on Amazon Prime. I love the idea of like an hour long movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. Uh, I I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is like you know. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I wanted more at the end, I thought, well, awesome. Um, yeah. I I I know that people say, oh, ninety minutes, whatever. When I see the movie is like an hour and eight minutes, I'm like, yup. Oh yes, hour twenty. Oh, like hour twenty is perfect. When it's like an hour and like forty nine, I'm like, oh come on. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I sometimes I do like the math in my head. I'm like sixty plus sixty, one, uh-huh. and it's like one, you know, one sixty or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's almost much. like that TV show uh, special. Remember that TV show special? Yes, uh huh. It's fifteen minutes long, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the future of television. I don't know if like people have like caught on to that yet, but I think Quibi kinda... thought that they were the future, but they went down to oh, ten minutes. But yeah, you know, but right. I don't know. That's a whole other bag of beans. But I yes. yeah, a, a fifteen twenty minute show, you know, or episode sounds great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, well, All right. before I let us get played off, you did mention at the top of the episode, you know, uh, maybe some not necessarily resolutions, oh, yeah, right. but what yes, we, yes, you yes. know, maybe perhaps some things we'd like to have talked about in our 2021 uh, BSAs of 2021 episode we do in a year. Um, what are some things you'd like to see on that list? So I think in general, like one of the things that's really exciting that's going to be happening in the next like four months, I will say, is award season. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. really kind of thrilled to kind of like cover that in our own sort of way. I'm excited to talk about that with you to see what what we have in store. Because like everything's pushed back. I feel like Golden Globe nominations come out like February 3rd or mm. something. It's 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 interesting. Um, uh, and obviously the Oscars are coming up too. I have yet to watch a lot of the movies. And as far as like, I feel like this year is about the leading women more so than mm, the supporting. Like I agree. I, I'm excited to watch um, because I feel like she's now gaining momentum. Uh, Ellen Burstyn in, was it, I almost called it Pieces of Pieces of a Woman. Yeah. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm excited for that because we love her and I, I would love for her to sort of I would love for her to have like another Oscar for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think moving forward, like I, I'm trying to think of other like Oscar buzzy sort of, I'm excited for the father. I can't wait to see Olivia Coleman. I already know mm. that it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if I'll be able to handle how it's just like another Olivia Coleman, like emotionally like driven perform. Like I can't mm-hmm. wait for it, but I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I I'm, I'm thrilled for that. Um, and then moving forward to like, I'm, I'm excited for in the Heights in the summer. Like I said, I, <clears throat> there are some BSA, uh, her name is Olga Merides, who was in the original Broadway cast, who's playing, uh, Abuela. And I cannot wait for that. I'm so glad they cast her in that role, um, to kind of carry her over. Um, so that's super exciting. And I'm sure we'll have like an episode on that when it actually comes out. Um, but I think in general, too, I'm excited for the things that we don't yet know about, the shows yeah. we don't know about. The um, I think that's the best sort of situation when, like, it's sort of like your Lazy Susan theory of kind of f- discovering something on your own. It feels like that much more satisfying. And, uh, yes, there are a lot of, like, mainstream things coming up, too, that we'll probably address. But um, I'm excited to 
talk about Roseanne. I'm excited to kind of revisit mm. some stuff at the same time too. So that's yeah, that's my way of yeah. I I agree with that. I was thinking like what I'm most excited about is like this is a cop out answer. What I'm most excited about is what I don't see coming. You know? Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's like yeah, of course I'm probably gonna love Olivia Coleman and the Father, and I'm sure Frances McDormand in Nomadland is amazing, and yeah, you know these these that. things that I mean, <clears throat> not dis- discounting their their talents, but just like it'd be I'd be surprised if I didn't love it. You know, but. Give me something that I didn't see coming, you know, like I'm about to start watching the Americans and maybe I'll come out of that being like the Americans will be my new Tony Collette and hereditary, you know, of just yeah, like yes. something I'm obsessed with. And I'm excited about that. And um, I guess in some ways it's like the what kind of cataloging I'll do in 2021. You know, yeah. I think that um, that's that's what I'm looking forward to is like, what, what's going to be my bad seed of 2021? What's going to be my lazy Susan, you know, like what movie or performance is going to jump out and just like feel like it defines everything I love, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I hope I don't see it coming. Yeah. I hope it totally surprises me. And that I, in a year from now I can say, yeah, boy, I didn't see that coming, you know? <laughs> yes, Exactly. I'm excited. The possibilities are endless, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, or as they say at the Spaghetti Warehouse, the possibilities. Um, <laughs> well, that's our cue. <laughs> the possibilities. <laughs> oh, we, God. We yes. are definitely, definitely being played off right now. Um, yes. So uh, on that note, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find more of me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, which is now on iTunes. And I'm also going to, um, I put it on Spotify and Stitcher as well. Mm. Yesterday, things mm-hmm. are happening. Um, and I think I'm going to release episodes every Tuesday. Um, oh, that I think sounds I just nice. randomly decided, you know, Tuesdays are for Ina. Yeah, my episodes <laughs> are coming on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. <laughs> That was a great callback. God, that's good. Um, and then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. Yeah. What you call it? Uh, well, of course, you can find more of me on In the Details. Coming up very soon is um, not the Cherishing Valerie episodes I promised last month. They are coming. Um, but, you know, I'm only human. But we are going to be doing, or I'm going to be doing the nuances, which is my yearly recap of my favorite nuances from the year. Oh, yes. That'll be fun. Yeah. Kind of similar to this, but more kind of like our birthday episode, like from episodes yeah. I've done. So that'll be fun. Um, you can also hear me on All Right, Mary. We're covering season 13 of Drag Race. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Yes, and you can email us at thebsapod at gmail.com. Feel free to leave us a five star rating and review. And there's some, there's been a lot more Twitter action lately, too. That's mm. one of my 2021 goals is to be a little bit more active on our BSA pod Twitter and engage with all of you listeners who we know you're out there. We see yeah. you. We, we see you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a callback. Yeah. Oh, God. Honka, honka. Honka, honka. Uh, well, on that note, uh, a big thank you to all of our BSAs of 2020, uh, whether it be, you know, Jujubee or Margot Martindale uh, Julie Klausner. Yeah, hey, we can't forget about Julie Klausner. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> we really we almost did. did, but then you reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, and that, as they say, is that.